Sleepyheads, and welcome to Sleeping with Celebrities. I'm John Moe. I'm glad you're here. As you know, on this audio program, we invite our guests to step out of the limelight and step into the nightlight. On this program, for just one bedtime, we don't want them to bring their A game, but rather their Z game. It's a podcast where you can sleep, you can simply relax, you can take a break from stress and intensity. Just ahead, we'll be sleeping with Lori Kilmartin. She's going to talk with me about anime. But before all that, I invite you to settle in and get comfortable while I tell you about another program on the Maximum Fun Network. Sleepyheads, I want to tell you about another podcast here on the Maximum Fun Network. It is entitled Eurovangelists, and it's new. It's all about the Eurovision Song Contest, which hundreds of millions of people around the world watch every year. It introduced the world to ABBA and Celine Dion and even played a part in a democratic revolution in Portugal. It has so much history and so many storylines that it can be hard to get into. So maybe you've never watched it. Maybe you've been intimidated. Well, don't worry. The hosts of this new program, Eurovangelists, Dimitri Pompey, Oscar Montoya, and Jeremy Bent, will tell you everything you need to know about the world's most important song competition. And, if you're already a fan, they'll dive deep on its funniest, weirdest, and most inspirational moments. Listen to Eurovangelists every week on Maximum Fun, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, for our guest... Lori Kilmartin is a stand-up comedian, Emmy-nominated writer, and New York Times best-selling author. She began stand-up comedy in 1987 in San Francisco when she realized the scene was predominantly straight men making lazy jokes about women, and she knew she could do better than that. Lori is the co-host of the Maximum Fun podcast, The Jackie and Lori Show, with fellow comedian Jackie Cation, and the author of Shitty Mom, The Parenting Guide for the Rest of Us. She has a new stand-up special titled Cis Woke Grief Slut, out January 30th. Sean Hannity does not like her, but we do. Welcome to Sleeping with Celebrities, Lori. Thank you for having me, John. You know, I wonder... What's the best night of sleep you've ever had? Wow. You know, 
this was an incredible weekend of sleep. I had had a baby, uh, given birth, you know, had a child, an infant, and I was booked to do a TV show in Rotterdam in the Netherlands. And um, I went to the hotel and I didn't leave. I was there for three days. I left only to do the show. And then I returned and the, the days prior and after, I just stayed in this incredible bed. I read the Tom Shales SNL book and I didn't see any of historic Rotterdam. I, I, all I wanted was to be left alone in this beautiful bed in this beautiful hotel. And I slept and slept and I, I slept, I got sleep that I had been missing for months because of the baby. And I, I stored up some sleep so that I could return to the baby. And it was incredible. I still, one would think it, you regret not getting out to see Rotterdam, but I no, don't. Not so. I can see it another time when I'm, when my son is in, in college and, uh, that'll be the first place I go. But right now I, I, I still remember how good I felt when I left and I mm. hadn't felt that good in so long. Do you still have parts of that sleep reservoir yet untapped that you can use or is it drained? It's drained. It was drained within four days. Ah. It was gone. Okay. But I, I, I will always have the memory of Rotterdam and those incredible sleeps. And how old is the baby today? He's 17. Okay. Mm -hmm. And and I understand that he introduced you to the world of anime. Yeah, we, we call it anime, not anime. But anime. Yeah, that's it. You got anime. it. Anime. You got it. Not a neem. No. Not a nime. No. Mm -mm. Anime. But those are those are good guesses. Thank you. Yeah, during the lockdown, you know, we're all stuck in the house. At the time, my mother, you know, was still here. So it was all of us, three of us, three generations, one bathroom, 1,100 square feet. Mm. As you can imagine, it was tense times. Yes. And uh, Zoom school was bad. So he was about 13 then? Yeah. First uh, half of seventh grade and all of eighth grade. And... Um, yeah, the, he missed the prime bullying years, which yes. uh, I think is hurting him now because he doesn't know how to fight back. Uh -huh. You know, I I had to teach him to cut himself. That's something really? he should have learned. He should be learning that on the streets. Exactly. And like exactly. a reasonable person. <laughs> That's right. So, you know, my son loves anime and uh, I was home for the first time. I wasn't at, at Conan. We were working from home and it was you know, wasn't going out at night. So I was just around a lot for the first time ever in his life and it, in my life. It was it was disturbing to both of us. <laughs> so I was usually uh, home. Mm -hmm. Hi, honey. Bye. Okay, I'm going to have a set. set bye. And um, so uh, I just started hanging out. We started hanging out and I started watching anime and I, I didn't want to because I'm not a huge fan of cartoons. I don't know why because I know great comedies are animated right sure. but it's something i never i actually don't know why but it's i've never loved it the way a lot of other people loved it and that's a secret and uh i only am saying it now because i know people are sleeping and no one's paying attention 
they're they're drowsy at this point. They're they're still they're still with right. us. Some of them. And this will be like a dream to them. No, no, right. that that's a little bit later. It's still we're in the lulling phase right okay. now. Okay. All right. So I start watching anime as a favor, and the first one we watched was something called The Promised Neverland. The Promised Neverland. It's about these children who are orphans, right? And mm. uh, they have a mistress, you know, that's running the orphanage. And um, the first episode ends with one of the the two-year-olds being pickled in a jar. Oh. And I was like, wow, th- these are like grim fairy tales and sign me up. And uh, that's the kind of, you know, mothering I aspire to is to pickle my son. So the fact that this is just in a, in a cartoon, anime style, I was like, let me in. So we watched that whole series and it turns out in The Promised Never- Neverland, they they take orphans and they um, they serve them to demons who like to eat humans. And that's oh. the trade-off humans have made to live with these demons is we'll give you our orphans. Oh, yeah. did it change your taste when it comes to pickled foods? <laughs> I do. I do like to see some uh, blue eyes and some blonde hairs in uh, my pickled foods now, because they remind me of little Carol, who was the first pickled child I saw. So yeah. you can imagine at a deli getting a sandwich with a little orphan on the side. Little, little bit, yeah. Okay. How was the animation? It was great, and it's a different style, and I like the style, and I liked, I liked how horrible the characters were not all anime is like that but a lot of it deals with monsters and horrible people and uh demons and i really was into that right it's it's not like looney tunes (laughs) right was this promised neverland was this your son's idea of a a gateway a good starting point for anime i think he he thought i would like it he only shows me things he's already seen. He's always 10 seasons ahead of me on anime, like he curates. So he, at 13, knew I would like uh, an anime about children being murdered and served to monsters. He's like, this is right up my mom's alley. Right. What happens in the subsequent 10 seasons? Does the pickling continue? Oh, the children continue? fight back. The children oh, fight back. Oh, good. Pretty exciting. That's good. But we... Uh, we also started this one that's huge. It's called Attack on Titan, and it just concluded. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's kind of famous, even if you're, if you're not into anime. I've, I am not a big anime aficionado, but I believe I have heard of Attack on Titan. Yeah, and it's basically, it's about, um, you know, it has these grotesque creatures, the Titans, um that they eat people i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of cannibalism in anime you just need to acclimate to that um although you know what one could argue titans aren't human so they're not cannibalizing but you know what that's a separate podcast right i don't want to go down that rabbit hole that's a different topic and that's when you come back on the show and talk about that <laughs> but um it you know it, it it's about fascism and it's about you know, the atomic bomb and and how it affected 
Japan and being on an island and being isolated and and all these things like it's something I could watch like 10 more times and do a master's thesis on I think because you you can see so much in it and it's really great because the first two seasons have you rooting for a, a one side and there's no way you can imagine rooting for the other side and the third season they put you on the other side that's where they start and they start to explain how the other side got the way they are. And you're like, oh, okay, I get it. And by the final season, your lo my loyalties were switching all the time because of how much I cared for the characters on both sides. And mm. um, I haven't, I, I don't know that I've had a, an actual like TV series do that to me, like completely pivot my point of view, like Attack on Titan did. Mm. Do you Do you or your son like any nice anime where people are having relationships and getting along? Well, there's not a lot like that, but there is one that we have watched that we're watching with a friend of mine now called Blue Lock. And Blue Lock is about a, basically a soccer camp. Uh, it's like an elite camp in Japan and they're trying to create the best soccer player. And they have a hundred elite athletes and they're playing, you know, they keep getting eliminated. And so even though they're playing on a team, at some point, one of them has to shine enough to be the number one athlete, right? And the number one gets to be on the national team. And the the coach is teaching them to be selfish. Like you have to be, you're saying Japan, everyone's too helping each other. And the, the greatest soccer players are selfish. And, you know, I don't know that much about soccer, so I don't know if that's true or not. But but I'm I'm in on the premise. And um, they're young, they're male athletes. It's just men, boys. And they're competing against each other. And all the, the psychological and all the trickery and the subterfuge, it's very compelling. And it moves very quickly. And your loyalties shift there, too, because you, you're going to have the main character up against a bad guy and then then in the next set of uh, finals the bad guy and the main character on the same team and now they're working together and you sort of get to know the so-called bad guy and realize you know there are all these athletes that are just trying to get this this one thing this one carrot that only one of them can have and it's being dangled in front of them so it's really that's really good that feels more normal like regular human experience that sort of you know competition and learning to push yourself and figuring out you know how who you are and how far you'll go to get what you want. If you were a character in this particular anime, in this competitive environment, Lori, how do you think you would fare? I think I do. I think I get kicked out about halfway through. Okay. Yeah. Because I think I am a little more collaborative when it comes to like team stuff. And I don't want to be the a-hole, um, right. you know, which might explain the level of my career. About about midway up the chain and not about midway. not willing to shiv somebody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, when you were watching anime with, with your son, at what point did it did the switch flip from I'm humoring my son to I'm way into this? Well, honestly, when I saw the child in it upside down in a jar. In a jar. I was like, okay. this is way this is real dark. There's a there's another great one called Death Note, and Death Note is about a, a demon who has a a book. The book drops, 
And the person who picks it up has the ability to write a person's name down and um, that person will die, I believe, within 24 hours. Oh. And so it gets into the hands of a high school kid, you know, who lacks empathy mm-hmm. and becomes a, a nightmare, you know? And then there's a detective that's hunting him who's also a high school kid <laughs> or, or at oh. least a young kid. It's really good. And it's a, you know, cat and mouse kind of game. And um, if the death note, the guy who has the, I can't remember their names, but if the death note, you know, if the book owner figures out the name of the detective, he can, you know, that's hunting him. He can kill him. That's why they, and all the detectives use pseudonyms because of that. But, but he's, his dad is a cop. So he has access to the police station. You know, it's always children of cops that you have to watch out for. I found in anime and in life. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm told that the owner of the book is named Light and the detective's name is L. Yeah, that does get a little confusing. Right. Uh, they could have picked, picked one, any other letter. Besides any of the other 26. That begins with the light. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, light and L. And then um, L has a successor, you know, uh, that's also great. But uh, I love L was one of my favorite characters. Great, great character. Why is that? Um, he sort of sat like an animal. He was not only was he like this really patient hunter, but he like he he just his body was so loose and he almost sat like like a, a monkey. And uh, you're just like this guy, this kid is on another level as a human or or something, you know, like he doesn't have bones. <laughs> okay. And he's uh, he's also very crafty and um, and he was really good at figuring out who light was. But unfortunately, you know. Light, light had the had the superpower, but you know if you haven't watched it, please watch it. I won't say anymore. Okay, okay. So, are you watching these alongside your son still now that COVID is over? Yes. I mean, not that COVID is over; it's not really over. It'll never be over. But our our treating it like a real problem is over. Yes. <laughs> We're in the new phase where we pretend it's not real. Right. The taking um, it seriously part is over. Exactly. Uh, trusting the CDC is over. Is yeah. over. Yes. Being responsible um, is over. Exactly. Yeah, we're watching Jujutsu Kaisen, and we're watching um, a couple other a couple other things sporadically. But we are. Uh, he got me into The Walking Dead, and we watched the all eleven seasons of The Walking Dead, which was a huge commitment, a huge the, time. The commitment. live action Walking yes. Dead. Okay. Yeah. He brought, he held my hand and, and, and added zombies to my, to my menu. And mm. I, I, I was like, oh, I never watched that. It sounds ridiculous. And then I, uh, you know, watching with my kid, I was I like, this is great. We finished The Walking Dead. We watched the, um, the series in France with Daryl, which is one of the characters. There's a mini series. You watch the mini series with Negan and, and Maggie in New York. And now we're watching Fear of the Walking Dead. I honestly could watch every spinoff. Um, some are better than others, but there, I feel like there's so many, you know, parallels to what's really happening here and what will be happening with climate change and how are people going to help each other? Or are they going to, are they going to turn on each other? And nice. uh, every season seems to find different ways to, to show those, 
those options in every series. So uh, I'm we're really hooked on that. We're watching Fear of now, and um, when we finish that, I think we'll be all up to date on the Walking Dead's, and then the new uh, Rick and Michonne uh, spinoff from the original Walking Dead will come out. Mm. Did you ever watch any of them? I watched several seasons of The Walking Dead. And I watched an episode of Fear the Walking Dead because a friend of mine was in it, although I couldn't oh. spot him. <laughs> was he a zombie? Was he a? No, I think he was a person who got killed right away. But uh, okay. but I missed him in that one. When you talk about the Daryl in France spinoff, is that Daryl going to France, or were you watching Daryl while you were in France? Sleepyheads, it is time once again for me to tell you about another podcast here on the Maximum Fun Network, where we have the maximum amount of fun. This one is called Feeling Seen. It's hosted by Jordan Cruciola, a writer and producer whose work has been in New York Magazine, Rolling Stone, and Wired. Feeling Seen is a movie podcast about the moments when we recognize ourselves on screen and the ways we might find that representation lacking. Every Thursday, each episode features a guest talking about the character who made them feel seen on screen. That's Feeling Seen on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. When you talk about the Daryl in France spinoff, is that Daryl going to France or were you watching Daryl while you were in France? <laughs> Daryl. And then here's the thing, the walking dead, they do, they don't explain a lot of things where you're like, logistically, how did that happen? Yeah. How did Daryl, uh, get from Virginia to France um, in, in what seems like a dinghy. <laughs> like I, I, you know, but what I've learned is we don't have time for answers all the time, right? It's an apocalypse. So you can't ask a lot of questions. You just have to survive like the characters. As a viewer, you have to survive. Was it anything like Emily in Paris? Um, the zombies are less annoying than okay. Emily, <laughs> so it's not exactly the same. Okay, okay. I um, interviewed the actor Stephen Yun many years ago. Oh my God, he's so good as Glenn. Wow. He played Glenn on The Walking Dead. Glenn's death was A heartbreaker, horrific. yes. Horrific. Mm -hmm. And I asked him why the characters didn't move to Minnesota, where I live, <laughs> where the the zombies or the walkers would freeze and then topple over and shatter harmlessly. Or if they couldn't get to Minnesota, why didn't they hide at the top of staircases without handrails or spiral staircases? Because I thought that the zombies couldn't possibly negotiate complicated staircases. And Stephen said to me that it's just a show and I should stop worrying about it. He is, he's absolutely right. But yeah. you bring up great questions. Those are the things I don't ask. You don't ask yourself. You suspend um, that disbelief. Yeah. Here's the thing. Maybe 
we humans would be so traumatized by what happened that we can't even think that far. You know, there are, they do, they do um, sort of allude to a cup in a couple episodes, but they don't follow up on it is zombies getting smarter and learning to climb. Um, That happened a couple of times and I was like, Oh, this is new. And then they didn't follow up on it. So (laughs) I don't know. It's like learning to play the guitar. The zombies just sort of lost interest after a little while. <laughs> I feel like part of the the wall of the writer's room may have been destroyed in an earthquake, and they okay. there were some threads that they just lost completely. Right. Were you a fan of science fiction or, or horror or zombie things before getting into this with your son? Not at all. Not at all. It was not for me. So I was really surprised at how much I like I liked uh, The Walking Dead, because I when I worked on Conan, you know we had like at Comic Con, you know we had the entire the cast of The Walking Dead on the show, and uh, I knew enough to write a few jokes, but I mean uh, it wasn't anything I knew inside and out remotely, and uh, I was like now I'm just like oh my god, had I been a fan at the time. And had my son, you know, my, my son would have been six. He would have probably been too small or whatever. But still, I missed some opportunities by not. I didn't have, you know, AMC. So I didn't get into it anyway. But uh, same with HBI. I just didn't have time to watch all the stuff. So we often had, like, casts of shows that I hadn't watched yet. And I've since watched. And I'm really upset at the opportunities I missed to enjoy it, them in person from the wings. As I could have. <laughs> were you watching other things instead, or were you just trying to raise a kid and and get through the day? I think more trying to raise a kid, get through the day, and do stand up at night. Like I didn't, the I didn't watch start watching a ton of TV till lockdown, and now I love, I love TV. Uh-huh. <laughs> I After- didn't watch that much, you know. Like I haven't seen maybe I've seen one or two episodes of Friends, but I've never. You know, when I was doing stand-up, um, you could record stuff on the VCR, I guess, and watch it. And I would watch Letterman, you know, on the VCR. Like, I would watch that, but I wouldn't, you know, and most of the time you're on the road, and there, so there's no VCR in a hotel room. So it's just like you missed, if you missed, if you didn't watch it live, you missed it. So I just never watched a lot of stuff. And I sort of was used to being out every night and working during the day. So who, when, when would I watch anything? Uh, and of course... Now I'm like, I've watched so many long series, you know, I just, I watched most of Suits. I think I dropped off after Meghan Markle's character left because I really liked her character. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm a fan of TV now, at long last. <laughs> after after how many years of working in TV, you started uh, 15, to like TV? Okay. 15 years, yeah. <laughs> Do you have a favorite anime of all? Um, I think... Um, I love Attack on Titan. It is grotesque, you know. If you maybe that's what allowed me to get into the Walking Dead because it's also gross, you know, the axe to the head constantly, constantly you're seeing heads being uh, destroyed, yeah. cracked, broken, beaten, and uh, Attack on Titans are grotesque as well because the Titans are really disgusting looking creatures. And there was another one we watched called Black Clover. And that was one of our earlier ones. And I really love that one too. Uh, I did have a, that was the first time I got horny for an anime character. Oh. Um, two of them. One of them, Fuego Leon, who's like this 
very tall. He's a wizard, Mm -hmm. very muscular and long flowing red hair. And uh, his arm got cut off and it turned and it was replaced by fire. So he's got a lot going on for Golion. And then the wizard king uh, at the time was a grown up. And I was like, wow, I could I could definitely get in, like become an animated character and fall in love with the wizard king because he's a good guy and he's a wizard. and He's a king. Sure. Then the spell was put on him or he was put in the body of a 12 year old boy. And I was like, ugh, that gets creepy. Now he's ruined. Yeah. So it's, it's, I'm hoping as black clover continues, they put him back in his old body, which was awesome and hot. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I'll have my two guys, the wizard King and Fuego Leon, and we'll see what happens. (laughs) Just make a night of it. Um, Yeah. How long are these episodes? Well, usually they're about a half hour. I think most of them are a half hour. So maybe 22 minutes, I guess. It depends on that. They aren't. I don't think there's a lot of hour long animes. I don't think. Hmm. Okay. But they make so many episodes, you know. Yeah. You you can keep it rolling. If you want to start Attack on Titan, you know, because it's it's concluded now. You know, for those of us who started during the pandemic, we had to wait years between seasons, mm. you know, because it's so hard to animate and um, it takes so much work um, that it it just took a long time. But if you want to start it now, you could go top to bottom, you know, in a week and your life would be changed. Everything would be changed. Every, every, every part of your DNA would be altered. Are you a binger of episodes? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. How many would you watch at a sitting? Oh, I would say four, maybe four or five with my kid. Usually we watch at night if I don't have a set, you know, and then Mm -hmm. he goes to bed. So we'll we'll do it till his bedtime. You mentioned that you were never an animation fan growing up. What did you watch the, the live action children's programming, like the Sid and Marty Croft kind of things i don't remember i guess i watched some when i was a kid i guess as a, a grown-up i wasn't i guess i guess i thought oh that's kid stuff and i wasn't like super okay. into animation aimed at grown-ups um even though like you know there's great and there's obviously the simpsons uh, there's great animation but I, I i didn't like gravitate clinging to it like a lot of comedy people did and i'm always like what's wrong with me and i and i, I kind of Something about the animation bugged me. I guess I mm. I don't know. Okay. Uh, it's a flaw as a as a comedy person for sure. Um, every time someone throws a clip on on uh, Twitter, I'm like, this is so hilarious! I got to watch the whole thing. But um, uh, I guess I watched. You know, I I remember uh, Kimba. I think was a was a white tiger that I had a crush on. Okay. <laughs> How do you have a crush um, I, on a tiger? I, maybe I didn't. Uh, I didn't want to keep watching anime because I would fall in love with cartoon characters, and okay. uh, that is really an unsolvable problem. You yeah. can't meet them in real life. There's no way. You know, you could. Katie Holmes met her crush Tom Cruise, and look what happened. Can, am I ever going to meet the Magic Wizard, the Wizard King? I'm not. Probably not. At at age twelve or age thirty five. You know, whatever body he's in. You could almost certainly go to Comic-Con and meet somebody dressed as the Wizard King. That is true. That is true. 
but that's not the same thing at all. No. But thank you for trying, John. I'm trying to bridge a gap. I'm trying to bring people together <laughs> through sleep and flaming arms and wizard kings. <laughs> now you're you're a writer. Have you thought about trying to write an anime of your own? You know, I um I started a novel that contains an anime in it because the the woman, the protagonist based on me is in love with an anime character and just escapes from her life by thinking about this anime guy. So I started it and uh, when I got, it, it kind of patterned on on the three months that we were in lockdown with my mom and then my mom got COVID and died. And when I got to the part where the character's mother died, that's, I, I don't know, I just stopped writing and I'm like, okay, there's something, there's a problem and I understand what it is and I just put it away for a while. So, but the anime in it is kind of good. I, I don't know what to do with it. What, what happens in the anime portion of it? I'm not going to, I'm not going to give away the goods, you sure. know? Who knows? Who knows who's listening with a pen and paper to right. this right now, taking down my ideas and taking them to Studio Ghibli in Japan, making it right. without crediting me. Right, right. Mm. Do you? How do I phrase this? Are the behaviors of characters from anime different than? flesh and blood characters, live action characters, people who you would ordinarily be writing about? Um, I guess they live in a world where, where you can be eaten. Mm. <laughs> that seems like most anime that that is something you have to uh, incorporate in your lifestyle is you can be eaten by uh, a monster uh, and monsters come in all sh shapes and sizes. And, um, you just have to watch out for that. Okay. Of all the things I fear in my life, being consumed is not one of them. And that, that, that's what makes anime characters different from the rest of us, I think. Mm. Being pickled and consumed also. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So your son introduced you to the world of anime. What worlds did you introduce him to during, during the lockdown? Hmm. I don't know. During lockdown, he kind of led the charge. You okay. know, I, I guess I, I, cause I hadn't, I've just been a working mom, single mom. So I've, I organized a team, you know, I had my mom was living with me. She was helping out and I had my babysitter, Claire, and she was helping out. So I had a team that w was all assembled to take care, help take care of my son. And then the team was sort of disbanded. And uh, we all just, you know, it was real, it's just a real different time. Like it wasn't anything like the, his life had been before. Sure. So I sort of followed his lead. Um, and uh, I don't know, I, what everything I've introduced to my son, he's quit and told me, I can't believe you made me do that. <laughs> Such as what? Uh, piano lessons, uh, okay. swimming, you know, uh -huh. I put him on the swim team. And uh, so, yeah, it's more the typical kind of kid like rebellion of why did you make me do that? Hmm. I've found that my efforts to expose my kids to music that I think that they would like is uniformly disastrous each and right. every time. Yeah. My daughters 
they like Taylor Swift. They like Maggie Rogers. They like Phoebe Bridgers. They like a lot mm. of these popular musicians. And so I, in, during a drive, I made a playlist on Spotify with mostly their favorite musicians, their favorite female vocalists. But then I peppered in um, Phoebe Snow, Janice Ooh. Ian, and Linda Ronstadt, thinking they're going to they're going to appreciate this. They're going to understand that it is of the kind that they like. And Lori, it did not go over well at all. <laughs> I was called out hard. How about because those those are crooners and the songs are a lot slower. How about like Janet Jackson? Throw in some rhythm okay. nation. Sure. Because sure. you can still dance to that. Uh Paula Abdul a little bit. Yeah. Um it seems like they like a beat, like a little popish, you know. Right. How, how about Madonna? How about like or like burning up some some lesser known Madonna? Some bangles, um, perhaps. Mm, yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, yeah. I I reached too far. My reach exceeded my grasp. Yeah, you went you went back a couple generations, yep. maybe too many generations. Yep. I jumped the crooning shark. <laughs> my son somehow found Frank Sinatra on his own. Oh, okay. I didn't I didn't act overjoyed like I was. I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, he's pretty good. And then and that led to people other people covering songs that Frank Sinatra had done, like Tony Bennett, Liza Minnelli. So now he's in that area because um, he likes it, but also I didn't get too excited. Like, uh, you know, sometimes it's like he's introducing me to these. I'm like, right. oh, I had no idea. Great. You know, and then. Paul Anka, <laughs> what? Paul Anka. Oh, my God. Uh, has your son yeah. entered any kind of uh, fedora phase? No, okay. he hasn't. Um, my son has um, incredible hair. It's mm. it's brown and thick and curly and wild, and I I don't think he'll be putting a hat on it for many decades. Okay, because it's just it's striking. It's out there. It's, it's staying on brand. Yeah. Lori Kilmartin, thank you so much for sleeping with us this week. I very much enjoyed hearing about anime and the improbability of Daryl traveling to France. <laughs> and good night. Good night, John. Good night, listeners. Well, sleepyheads, I hope you enjoyed learning about anime as much as I did. You know... Something I like to do at the end of my day is make a mental catalog of things that I experienced and or learned. So if you don't mind, I'm going to make a list of takeaways for my conversation with Lori Kilmartin right now while it's fresh in my mind. 1. Rotterdam is a great place to sleep and read James Andrew Miller and Tom Shales's history of Saturday Night Live. Two, it's okay if you don't sightsee when you visit Rotterdam. You can always go back again. Three, orphaned pickles are the best pickles. Four, there's a lot of cannibalism in anime. 
five, in anime and possibly life, you should be wary of the children of cops. Six, there are multiple, possibly endless, Walking Dead spin-offs, including one where Daryl goes to France. Seven, zombies would not thrive in Minnesota, but also don't worry about that. Eight, the grotesque is the gateway to enjoying anime. Nine, Fugolion, the magic knight from the Black Clover anime, is apparently sexy. And ten, so is Kimba, the white lion. <sighs> okay, I'm gonna turn in myself. Thank you for sleeping with me and Laurie Kilmartin. You can follow Sleeping With Celebrities on Twitter using the handle at sleepwithcelebs. On Instagram, the handle is at sleepwcelebs. Our email is sleepwithcelebs at maximumfun.org. Music provided by the Winterbowers. The show was edited and produced by Gabe Mara and senior produced by Laura Swisher. Swish. And it is a production of Maximum Fun and Papuchik. I'm John Moe. Night night. Maximum Fun. A worker owned network of artist owned shows. Supported directly by you.